Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and today I am chatting with fellow foster mama, Madeline Curtis. Thank you so much for being here, Madeline. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So let's get started by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got started fostering. Yeah, so I am a, I was a teacher, actually. So prior to COVID, I was a teacher in North Carolina, and then my husband and I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, leaving all of our family down south um, for a short stint there. And my husband's a pastor, and so I've taught kindergarten and first grade. And uh, yeah, our life just kind of revolves around the church and it was around teaching. um, And then actually what led us to foster care, I guess it's kind of a sad story. Our first exposure to foster care is that my sister and her husband are foster parents. Mm -hmm. And we always said, well, we're definitely never doing that because we would never want to give the kid back, you know, the classic answer. But then we found ourselves um, after struggling with infertility and losing our first baby, Mm -hmm. we kind of walked down this very long, windy, hard road of grief. And somehow, by the grace of God, that road led us to foster care and um, willingly signing up to lose more kids, I guess. And so it was a, I don't know, it had to have been a God thing that we ended up there through that grief. But uh, yeah, we learned that our county had a huge need for foster care, especially with COVID. Um, And so we became foster parents in July of 2020. And yeah, what an amazing time to become a foster parent. I think I heard the the need really became more for a lot of places, but also that there was, and also in part because less people were willing, you know, to be foster parents during COVID. It was just like, oh, we were going to do this, but then the pandemic happened, but it's like, well, but there's still kids being born into, you know, or kid coming into care. So what made you guys decide at that point? Okay. Yes. We're going to still go forward with this. Yeah. So being, I guess my teacher heart was really pulled, especially because it was actually an article that I came across um, about our county. And it was talking about now that um, teachers, especially were not seeing students, the abuse was getting more severe because the, there was no mandatory reporting going on because Mm -hmm. the children were at home. And so the abuse was getting worse and worse. And there were actually a lot of children dying in our county from the abuse. And so they were calling on people to become foster parents. And, uh, you know, we looked at each other at that point and said, you know, for some reason, we're not having biological kids right now. And we have lots of (laughs) space in our house. We have a, you know, a loving, safe home. And, uh, you know, I guess why not was Mm -hmm. kind of our question. And we didn't have a good reason not to. Mm. So we did. (laughs) That sounds like a good reason too. That's great. So can you talk about just a little bit what it was like for you and your husband to talk about foster care after having experienced the loss and the infertility struggle? Was that like an ongoing conversation or was it just like kind of one big moment where you guys realized this was, this was the right path? 
Yeah. So I was the first one. I read that article and I told my husband about it. And he was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so it was kind of, he was like, let me pray about it. You pray about it. And like, we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks kind of deal. And so in the meantime, I talked to a couple of friends and I actually had one very dear loving friend who looked at me and said, are you sure you really struggled losing your baby? Rightfully so. Like, do you really think you can sign up to do that again? And so that was kind of the path that led me down really praying of, can I handle that? You know, grief of losing our first baby was very, very hard for me, but I ultimately through a lot of counseling and, um, you know, really sitting in that grief, I discovered that, you know, the difference is that one, I now know having gone through that grief that I can survive it, you know, going through it the first time, there were times that I thought, you know, how am I ever going to get through this? Mm -hmm. This is impossible. I can't do this. And I, I now know, no, I can, you know, it's really hard, but I can do hard things. And so, you know, this has been placed on our heart and there's a huge need for it to like, you know, we can do it. You know, the Lord is good and he'll be with us. This is a good thing. This is what we're called to do is care for the vulnerable. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So tell me how foster care started for you guys. What, when did you get your first little placement in the home and what has that been like for you? Yeah. So I would have thought, you know, we've been foster parents just about, I guess, a little under two years now. And I would have thought that we would have had multiple children in that time frame, but we actually only had one. Um, and he stayed with us for a very long time. Yeah. So we waited two weeks, which felt like an eternity when we had just gotten licensed and we were waiting on our first call and we had just gotten in the bed and turned out the light and it was like 1130 PM and my phone rang and they said, Hey, we have a one and a half year old at a police station right now. And can he come to your house? And I looked at my husband and I explained to him what they told me. And he's like, well, kind of the same question earlier, like, why not? Like, do we have any reason to say no? And so we said yes. And 30 minutes later, mm-hmm. a one and a half year old arrived at our doorstep and our lives were completely changed. He stayed with us for 15 months mm-hmm. and it was a, it was a wild ride. <laughs> um, there were many points that, you know, we thought that he might stay with us forever, but his mom were really, really thankful even though it hurts our hearts that, you know, she made some very hard choices and, and after 15 months apart, they were able to reunify and we've been able to keep up a really awesome relationship with them. Um, since that happened in November. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, so you really did sign up for this, you know, loss of another child. And so how was that for you? Like when he left, obviously you're, you know, rooting for mom to, you know, be able to be reunified, but at the same time, clearly, you know, love this, this child and and had at least at one point thought maybe he would be adopted by you guys. So how did you navigate that? So better than I thought I might, (laughs) but not great. I kind of felt that every time visits increased, it kind of felt like a new wave of grief Mm -hmm. every time. And so I think a lot of foster parents can rightfully say, you know, the system has failed in so many ways, but I will say the system didn't fail our little guy. They did a really good job as hard as it was for us. And as much as I wanted to fight it and keep him with me forever and ever, they did a really good job of increasing things 
to where he was spending a lot of time with his mom. Mm -hmm. Um, So I grieved a lot ahead of time. And I think that was helpful to me so that I was getting used to not having, you know, my whole day spent with him. I stayed home with him. And so as we built up to it, I really tried to change my perspective and stop thinking about myself (laughs) and think, wow, what I'm feeling right now of losing this precious little boy is what his mom has been feeling for the last 15 months. And I am truly, truly glad that she's not going to feel that anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I really (laughs) tried over and over again to remind myself of that, that, you know, as much as I'm going to miss him, she's missed him so much too. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we also, so our little guy came to us in August and then two weeks later, we found out we were pregnant Oh my um, miraculously. <laughs> and so we have had a precious little bundle of joy, Charlotte, our um, biological daughter who um, was born, I guess it was May before all of this happened. And so as visits were increasing, we had our baby, which was an extremely emotional time mm. <laughs> to be losing one baby as we, we get an infant, um, but having a sweet little baby girl, you know, in our arms, definitely held us a little more together than I think we would have had our arms been empty yes oh my gosh well congratulations that's just such a (laughs) such a blessing I love the name that's so pretty okay so what is what is next for your family what are you guys thinking about right now are you thinking more foster care are you thinking something else yeah so we actually moved from Pittsburgh to Asheville North Carolina uh two weeks ago oh wow And so we've been on a, we've been on a break for foster care since November because we knew this move was upcoming, but one of our big draws to Asheville, other than that, we just love it very much. So we knew that the need for foster parents here is incredibly great. So we've already been in contact with the County here and hoping to be licensed probably in the next month or so. And, you know, signing up for it all over again, just in a new place. This is one thing that I think that people who don't know a lot of foster parents don't understand and don't realize that like you like doing that. And, and there's so many other foster moms who are just like, yep, sign me up, sign me back up, like stomp on my heart some more. And it's like, I think that's where people can sometimes be like, it takes a special kind of person. And you're like, well, it takes a person saying yes. Like you, like you said, like, you're like, I were, I walked through heartache. I walked through grief. And I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do that no matter what it costs me. And I just think that is a beautiful lived out, you know, version of the gospel really is just like, I'm going to lay down my life and, you know, for others who, who need me to do that for them in the season of their life. And I, I talk, I have the privilege of talking to so many foster moms in my group coaching program and just in life in general. And like, this is a lot of people's story that they're like, yes, we will continue. We are moving and we we're moving and we're assessing the needs, even as we arrive here, that this is a place where we should still be fostering. Like, this is just awesome that you're, that you're doing that. You know, my husband throughout the whole time that our little guy was reunifying in the really, really hard moments where we were just emotional and sad and mad that he was leaving and all of those things. We would kind of take turns asking each other, well, do you regret saying yes? Mm. And the answer was always a resounding like, no, our lives are so much better having known that little boy and having known his mom and just experiencing 
the waves of foster care. I mean, literally the moment we dropped him off forever at his mom's house, we could still walk away sobbing saying, I'm so glad we did that. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we did that. And, um, so we try to hold on to that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's so amazing. And I think that's exactly it. It's like through all of the hard stuff, through all of the bad days and hard days and appointments in court and back and forth of what's going to happen with the case plan. It's like, will you still look at each other and say, we would choose that again. And I do hear that too from people. And I love that you said that. I remember my husband and I, when we were six weeks in, we were so already invested in our little, in our son and gosh, you know, we had this meeting that went terribly wrong. Well, it went terribly. <laughs> I shouldn't say wrong. I guess it just is what it is. But, and we were like, I was sobbing my eyes out hysterical. Like I was like, okay, I thought we were going to be able to adapt him. Like that was what they had told us. And then we just got to this meeting and they're like, just kidding. You know, <laughs> you're not going to be able to adopt him. And so I was like, I need to go gather myself. So we like went to the Starbucks and I was sobbing and um, the poor barista looked like a deer in headlights. She was like, here's your caramel macchiato. <laughs> but like, my husband was like, Kath, like, do you think that we, like, we shouldn't have done this? Or do you think that you would, we would do it a little differently next time and just like foster to adapt, like just that? I was like, no, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't change one thing. Um, and obviously it ended up that we did adapt our son, but I'm like, even then, even when your heart is getting stomped on, it's like, you, you're just, that's what we, that's what we're here to do. Like we're here to be willing to have open arms and open hands and a loose grip and say, whatever is needed, you know, I think you represent that so well. And through all of that you've been through and your family, that is just such a beautiful reminder. So thank you. Yeah. It's, it's our privilege. It's a holy, holy privilege that we're able to be a safe place for kids. There's something really special about that. Yes, absolutely. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So now how old is Charlotte now? She is just about 10 months old, just a couple of days. So are you thinking, do you know like what age group you might foster or are you just like, we're not sure? You know, we were actually just talking about that in Pittsburgh. We had said that we were willing to receive calls for any age, but that we likely would foster like 10 and under was kind of going to be our range. And I would say we're probably about in the same spot now. You know, I never, I always said I didn't like toddlers and then it turns out I love toddlers, at least when they're fine. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm willing to say yes to probably any of those ages as an elementary school teacher, I'm partial to the younger ages, but yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So I will ask this question of you, um, just based on your experience with walking through grief and things like that with you know, your fertility journey and then your baby losing your first baby. If there's another mama who's in that same boat and is considering foster care, what is something that you would say to her as just some wisdom or, or guidance as she's just really considering that after loss? Yeah. So gosh, a couple of things. First, I would say that foster care is not going to fix anything. 
you know, I think it could be easy um, to say, okay, I can't have my own baby. So I'm going to, you know, get another baby through a different means. And I think, you know, that makes sense. I'm going to adopt from foster care or whatever it may be. And uh, I could scream from the rooftops. Foster care is never going to make anything like easier. That is not, that is not what you're going to get from foster care. You know, so it is not, it is not going to heal everything. You need to heal before you do foster care. <laughs> Go see a counselor, whatever you need to do. Um, you know, there is no shame in that. I, I very much needed to go to counseling in that time because I was, I was very angry and I was very bitter that there were all of these pregnant women around me and I, I couldn't have that. And there was nothing I could do to change that. And so I guess my second piece of advice would be like, run to the church, run to scripture and keep reading those promises of God, even though there are moments when they don't feel true. You know, I, I, you know, I'm a pastor's wife and I would say at that moment, I had a pretty strong faith, but when all of a sudden you're faced with a circumstance that doesn't feel good, it is so easy to think, well, are these promises really true? And they are, (laughs) even when it doesn't feel that way. And so just staying in scripture, being involved in your church and being encouraged by other women and pastors, reading Nancy Guthrie, my goodness, by all, everyone needs to read Nancy Guthrie in times of grief. Those are all things that were really helpful to me and you will survive it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It might not feel like it at times, but just keep going. And it, it does get a lot better. Yeah. That's such great encouragement. Thank you for being willing to share that. And just, I mean, I think it can just give hope and encouragement you know, to women that yes, this is something I can survive. And even when it feels like I can't, I mean, even when the scripture doesn't feel like it's an actual promise, you know, but that it just to remind yourself that it is. Yeah. I love that. Oh, thank you so much, Madeline, for sharing with us today. Um, Where can people connect with you if they want to continue to follow along with you? Yeah. So mainly, I, I guess I'm primarily on Instagram. Madeline M. Curtis, I think is my handle. So you know, right now I'm not posting a ton about fostering other than just sharing all of these, you know, amazing things that I read on Instagram, but, uh, hopefully in the next month or two, that'll change. And, uh, yes, be a little more fostering content. (laughs) Asheville is lucky to have you guys and best of luck to you in your new home and your new city. Um, and thanks for all that you're doing. Thank you.